This is a National Arts Center podcast. Hi, I'm Eric Friesen, and welcome to another in this new set of podcasts for the 50th anniversary of the founding of the National Arts Center Orchestra, which played its very first concert back in October of 1969. I say new because 10 years ago, for the 40th anniversary, I created some podcasts that covered the first 40-year history of this remarkable Canadian orchestra. So on this 50th anniversary, I want to focus on the fifth decade, the last 10 years, another milestone decade in the life of the NAC Orchestra. I'm calling this third program Beyond Ottawa, Touring, Recording, Broadcasting, and the Hexagon Studio Mandate. Violinist James Ennis with Alexander Shelley leading the NAC Orchestra on tour in the spring of 2019, with the finale of Felix Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto in E minor given at the Concert Hall of Danish Radio in Copenhagen. The NAC Orchestra has always been a touring orchestra. It was designed that way, to tour across Canada, therefore fulfilling its mandate as a national orchestra, and also to tour beyond Canada's borders, what former CEO Peter Herndorf described as cultural diplomacy at its best. In the fifth decade we're covering in these podcasts, the NAC Orchestra made a major tour to the Mideast and Europe in 2000, led by Pincus Zuckerman. In 2013, Pincus led the orchestra on a major tour to China, and the following year to six cities in the UK. Alexander Shelley has led two big tours of the orchestra in the five years he's been music director, there was the huge Cross-Canada 150 tour during our sesquicentennial in 2017, and then the European tour in spring of 2019. I asked Alexander why tours are good for an orchestra. They're good for an orchestra uh, uh, for several reasons. Uh, firstly, our national tour, so we went to every province and territory. That is an essential part of, of I think, the mandate of, of, of our orchestra, that we... Uh, go out, we play for, build bridges uh, to communities around the country. Because um, we didn't, we never just go places and do a concert and leave. We come into town, we work with young orchestras, young musicians, we work with teachers, we work with um, arts leaders in the community. And we, we talk about how we can build 
um, enduring connections and if there's anything that we as an institution can offer by way of support or service or whether we can collaborate, um, you know, lots of really interesting things. And so we try and build an intense network. Um, and, and I think for obvious reasons, that's vital uh, within the country. But the interesting aspect of the term national uh, orchestra, I find, is that it, it implies, on the one hand, the local, but it also implies the international. Um, uh, and we, I think, can uh, very proudly uh, act as uh, cultural ambassadors for the country abroad. And so if, if I talk about the two tours I've done, there was that national where we, we wanted to build connections, serve the, the, the national community and, and act as a resource. Alexander Shelley. CEO Christopher Deacon began his career with the orchestra back in 1987 as a tour manager, and he has planned and managed more tours than anyone else in the orchestra's 50-year history. And as we talked, I said, you know, when I talk to the players, I can tell that they enjoy touring. So I asked Christopher, what does touring do for them? Well, I think it does something very powerful. It essentially... To use a hockey analogy, which might help in a Canadian context, this is playoff hockey. So, yes, the orchestra always plays well, but when you say to them, tomorrow night you're playing in Berlin, everybody puts on their very best game. When you do a tour where one night is Berlin and two nights later is Paris and two nights later is London, uh, they have to have this sort of rigor and stamina to perform at that level night after night, which really sharpens their skills. They have to listen to each other very closely. That rubs off on the way they're going to play all year round. And the other thing about it is that they're playing in different acoustics. So they have to be very they have to be very responsive and adaptive to that. And they know they're playing for very critical audiences. So the whole thing uh, essentially raises their game. It also um, promotes the orchestra, raises the profile. It helps when we do recruiting. Uh, when someone will say, well, I saw your concert in London and that's why I'm excited to apply to be in your orchestra or I've heard about Alexander Shelley or I've heard about your concertmaster. Uh, those things are very important in terms of building uh, the next generation of players and, and kind of your bench strength. There's that hockey analogy again from Christopher Deacon. Alexander Shelley echoes the benefits of touring for musicians in the orchestra. In terms of the players themselves, touring means uh, repeating repertoire often, uh, but it, which is nice because you get to to prepare something, play it at a very high level, but in quite a few nights back to back or weeks back to back, which is not always the case. Um, you get to do that in different concert halls, which means that you have to be flexible and you have to be versatile. And, and you also learn that even within your, our interpretation of any given work, as soon as you take it into a different space, different aspects of that interpretation come to the fore. And you realize that even when you have an interpretation, depending on the space, it is multifaceted in itself and it speaks in different ways in different spaces, which is an interesting revelation, I think, because a lot of orchestras will spend a lot of their time in one hall. Um, but uh, but then there's there's also, on on top of the, the sort of challenge of repeating music, there's the other challenge which we set ourselves, which is to take a lot of music. Um, and so there you have to be juggling, you know, a lot of balls uh, over the course of a couple of weeks while traveling, 
while um, sleeping in a different hotel bed every night and going to a different hall every couple of days. Um, and that side of things, the sort of travel and the stress, but also the fun and the late night games of cards. And, you know, half the orchestra went swimming like, at midnight <laughs> in Copenhagen. I don't know what they were up to, but they... Uh, you know, this stuff also builds team spirit. Right. It, 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 it brings a group together. You have um, anecdotes and stories and memories as a collective. Um, so it's, uh, I think in so many ways, it's very important. And if I may add the, the final thought, one of the, one of the big uh, sort of strategic uh, uh, aims that I have um, is to build the brand of this orchestra internationally. Uh, and nationally, but internationally particularly, because um, I know I'm biased because I'm the music director, but I thought this from the first time I came to work with the orchestra, before I was invested in, in any tangible way, that this is this is among one of the finest orchestras in the world, and it deserves to be better known. Alexander Shelley. The new managing director of the NAC Orchestra, Arna Einarsdotter, who has just moved to Ottawa from Iceland, actually began work by joining the orchestra on its tour to Europe in 2019. This was her experience of that latest tour. It's for me is very inspiring and very interesting that an orchestra goes on tour to Europe and it presents six Canadian works, four of which are by female composers, which for me is important. Uh, they, they bring life reflected, those really powerful stories of Canadian women really strong stories, current stories, important stories. Uh, they they bring amazing soloists, Ian Lisecki and, and, and James Annes and Erin Well, and, and play of such, you know, high, at such high level. Um, and then along with that, 60 outreach education projects, which is just in itself incredible, <laughs> reaching out to the communities right. around. So it's like full impact wherever they come and I just for me that is the kind of the point of touring and and I don't think I don't know of an orchestra that does it this way so I find it really inspiring in my experience when you start talking to promoters when you're touring just sort of mentioning one piece by the you know like Icelandic composer yeah, you know right. they're like well you know the, the audience is very conservative yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but to bring all this and such you know and and the the team around the the whole thing supporting this it's just it was exceptional to see and I feel this is very much Alexander's vision and and I really really believe in what he's doing Arna Einar's daughter the newest member of the NAC orchestra management team I like her term for how the orchestra tours. It's full impact touring for the NAC orchestra. Performing, educating. Daphne Burt, who's manager of artistic planning, has also experienced many of the NAC orchestra's recent tours, and she has ready answers for why touring is good for an orchestra. I think they build morale. I think they provide a challenge that the orchestra doesn't get on a day-to-day -day basis, and the challenges are, are they're myriad. It's, it's an artistic challenge to play in a different space every day and a half or so, a different acoustic space it's for a different, a different kind of yeah. audience. Yeah, it's great discipline. Um, it's, it's challenging to have to live together for two weeks on the road. I mean, you know, you live together every day on stage for a, a rehearsal or a rehearsal at a concert. So it's, it's team building in, in the most important sense, um, 
amongst the players, between players and management, players and music director, players and audience back home even, because we've had you know people follow us very avidly online on the tours. We were lucky to have the broadcast from uh, on Danish radio this past tour, which was later picked up by CBC. And social media being what it is, you, know, you can be right there with them and be proud. So I, I, I like to think that there is um, the, the, one of the great effects of taking an ensemble that is as at this level and that you're proud of is that you're proud of them when they go on the road. Daphne Burt. General Manager Mark Stevens is now responsible for touring, and he adds another important reason for touring and for a special mission that the orchestra has away from Ottawa. And, of course, when the NAC Orchestra tours, we don't just do concerts. We we spend a lot of time and, and money privately raised, which amazes me, the, the amazing support we have for those tours from, from wonderful individuals. The education work, the outreach work... Um, and the connections we're able to make far beyond the concert hall, which all feed into the concert hall, of course, in in some ways, sometimes don't, really is a, an NAC brand, and I think has been part of this orchestra's brand for, for several years now, from, from China, maybe before, and across Canada. And we feel we're a very collaborative orchestra, and that's that's individuals within the orchestra, that's our Alexander and, and, and this soloist like James Ennis and... Jan Leshetsky, who uh, who are on tour with us, um, it's a it's a wonderful. I was really struck with the European tour. It's a wonderful um, waving the flag, if you like, of what brand Canada is, and collaborating with people. Often we're in a city and we're introducing people who've worked alongside each other in a city for however many decades, and they've never met, mm. and you introduce them to each other, and and that really feels to me is a very you know, as a new Canadian, I recently passed my citizenship test oh. and will be doing my ceremony soon. Uh, I can't do it on Canada Day because I'll be up on the hill with the orchestra <laughs> there and I have to make a choice. Um, but as a as a as an almost Canadian, um, that feels to me very part of what I love. That's a big part of what I love about Canada and what the NAC Orchestra and the NAC does when we go on tour, um, whether it's in Canada or internationally, to um, to bring people together and to use this vehicle of music and incredible musicianship to um, to achieve a, a better world. It sounds corny, but that's really why we're all doing it. And so we've heard a, a real summary, a broad summarizing of all the reasons for this particular orchestra, the NAC Orchestra, to tour. From its mandate as a national orchestra, to the practical, to the fun, to the ultimate cultural purpose that Mark Stevens just mentioned. Alexander Shelley with the NAC Orchestra in a thrilling performance from June 2019 
of Mozart's Overture to the Marriage of Figaro. Beyond touring, there's another big dimension to giving this orchestra a national and international presence, and that's through the digital dimension. The nerve center of all of the NAC's digital efforts is this hexagon studio located just off the north part of the main lobby across from the entrance to Southam Hall. It's where I've spent many enjoyable hours preparing these podcasts. I sat down here with Maurizio Ortolani, who is Senior Director of Digital Engagement for the NAC. He and his team are responsible for the website presence of the NAC, for digital content creation, and for distance learning and distance engagement, basically always connecting the NAC orchestra and its artists with Canadians. I asked Maurizio to describe how this studio we're sitting in supports the national mandate of the NAC orchestra beyond live concerts in Ottawa. Well, it really is a, a multi-purpose facility, uh, and its its job, uh, our job, is to connect uh, the NAC uh, with Canada and the world. And um, to that end, uh, we produce uh, podcasts, uh, audio, video um, recordings. Um, we produce live streams uh, from this facility and distance learning. And uh, the National Arts Centre has been at the forefront of doing research and development and production research in uh, distance learning. A number of different ways um, we engage in um, high-level interactions um, with respect to the orchestra. Um, We have been working almost 20 years now with the arrival of Pincus Zuckerman um, at refining and um, the way we can uh, produce masterclasses uh, over uh, short distances and and great distance with a very high uh, level of resolution in terms of uh, the audio that's required for that type of engagement teaching and learning at a very high level, and also the, the, the video. And so together with some very important partners, um, like the Manhattan School of Music, uh, we've been at the forefront of developing that platform to serve, in essence, or ostensibly, the, the future of music education. The NAC Orchestra thinks of itself, and, and rightly so, as a, as a teaching orchestra. We have very gifted musicians uh, and soloists in, in the orchestra, and very gifted educators in the orchestra. And um, it's through a facility uh, like this um, that we've fulfilled the mandate uh, as such that enables, for example, Sean Rice, clarinet uh, with the NAC Orchestra to teach a clarinet studio at Memorial University. And his uh, alma mater. mater. Uh, A very proud Newfoundlander, Chris Millard, for many years taught uh, bassoon studio uh, at Northwestern University. And, you know, beyond those high level uh, engagements, those master class engagements, it also allows us to do uh, general education outreach. So it allows our musicians to visit classrooms uh, across Canada, engage with students. It allows us to do general education outreach in terms of workshops with remote and underserved communities uh, across Canada. And so it's a very powerful uh, extension of the mandate of the National Arts Centre. Maurizio Ortolani, who mentioned Sean Rice and his role in teaching students at Memorial University in St. John's, Newfoundland, from the Hexagon Studio in Ottawa. So I talked to Sean Rice and I asked him why he does this. 
Well, it's because I think it's a pay it forward for me. I, I come from a, a, a kind of like, I guess, a smaller region of Canada, Newfoundland. And I remember that I was lucky enough that the technology was evolving at the time with this broadband technology when I was still in high school. And I got to get private lessons with Kimball Sykes, our principal clarinet here, now my colleague, when as a 16 and 15-year-old. And I was halfway across the country. Yeah. So I... I feel like I got to experience the immediate impact and benefits of what the NEC was trying to do at that time. And it's nice to feel like if, if you have the opportunity or you have the skill set and you have the information to pass on, it's it's really inspiring and it's exciting. And it's really nice to see, especially when working with kids or other university students, the 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 moment, that the aha moments or the or the or the the gratitude of getting to another level or hearing a different way of doing it it's just i mean that's what we're doing in the arts we're trying to share and create and con we have to do it all the time <laughs> nac orchestra clarinetist sean rice one of the great national and international platforms for the orchestra used to be cbc radio recordings and broadcasts those have been very much reduced in this fifth decade and so i asked maurizio ortolani what they're doing to replace that it is a, a challenge for us but part of our mandate to build that context um, that education that surround for what it is that um, our artists uh, are doing on stage which as you say is sadly lacking uh, on our airwaves um, and in our schools so it's it's a big part of our mandate is to um, to fill that gap you used to do a lot more streaming than you're doing now. Is that just a temporary halt? Or are you going to be doing more over a period of time? Well, um, technology is ever-changing. Um, technology changes uh, uh, daily, at, right? daily <laughs> and at a faster rate than uh, laws, uh, collective agreements, uh, <laughs> rights, um, and so forth. And so we're just we're in uh, we're in a little bit of a catch-up phase, but it is very much uh, in the cards for the for the National Arts Centre to ensure that what happens on our stages, what happens with the orchestra on tour is available to all Canadians and also sh showcases um, our wonderful composers and, and, and musicians to an international audience as well. That's very important. Um, and so this is uh, one of the priorities um, for digital outreach. Because that's how you make this orchestra national, right? I mean, you can't always tour, you can't always go to physically take the orchestra, so this is the way you do it. No, it's um, it would be wonderful. It's not feasible. And the way that we ensure that we uh, continue that, that presence, that important presence, um, that important promotion uh, of the art form, how we ensure that what in essence belongs to all Canadians, the orchestra is available to all Canadians in their homes uh, and in their schools um, is through this type of um, content production. Maurizio Ortolani, who is the Senior Director of Digital Engagement for the National Arts Centre. He has one more thought about the future and how the digital tools at the disposal of his team might benefit the orchestra in some very practical ways. Beyond, um, you know, the future of distribution, as we've touched on just a moment ago, 
I learned many years ago in working with with Pincus Zuckerman, um, who very much believed that this was the future uh, of the art form of classical music. That by virtue of its nature as as a as a as a niche pursuit, if you will, at that at that very high level, that this was the future of that level of music education. And so, when we look at the feasibility of um, education and training in classical music, but also from an operational point of view in terms of the future of orchestras, being able to cast a wider net in terms of auditions, for example, this is a technology that having reached a level of maturity will be critical to uh, the future uh, operations uh, of, an, of an orchestra. And we can even look at the carbon footprint of our industry, if you will. And if you think about the um, air miles that are traveled to, say, hold an audition for a single chair in, in an orchestra, and you might do a first call and you might do a second call or a third call with musicians coming from across the country and around the world, uh, well, this technology um, will have a great bearing uh, in terms of reducing that carbon footprint for the operation of an orchestra and possibly greater and broader access and a much more democratic access um, to that activity. Maurizio Ortolani. Music director Alexander Shelley is a big supporter of what uh, Maurizio Ortolani has been laying out for us. Listen to some of his major priorities for the future. Then there's the continuing strategy of recording and trying to, to put down on disc um, the orchestra's snapshots of, of its excellence in the, in the coming years. Um, and, and then the, the, the strategy around touring is, is very important, as I, as I mentioned, uh, for building the reputation of the orchestra internationally. Um, I think there's a lot that we can do in terms of our education and outreach by expanding the use of digital media. This is the second largest country on earth ge geographically, and to not use the modern capabilities would be absolute madness. Um, and we can, you know, I think the NEC was one of the leaders in this field, we can realistically have a class between someone sitting in a Callowit and then one of our musicians here in, at the NEC where you play in real time and it's as if you're in the same building. You know, it's, it's, you know, so we have to build and expand that. Alexander Shelley. So did you hear at the beginning of that a, a mention of recording? Well, recording is a, a big part of the whole national and international mandate. It's also part of the shifting ground of the whole business and art form of classical music, which has been profoundly affected by many trends in the past 50 years. When the NAC Orchestra began, broadcasting was a main avenue for distribution beyond the concert hall. There was music education in the schools. It was a golden age for attendance at classical concerts. And commercial recordings were a huge success, back to the LP format and then on CDs. The NAC Orchestra recorded a lot for major commercial labels and also for the CBC label when it still existed. But in recent years, both in Pinka Zuckerman's last years and now in Alexander Shelley's time, the NAC Orchestra has been recording commercially again on the Analecta label out of Montreal. 
One of the people responsible for this resurgence is Mark Stevens, general manager of the orchestra. He came to Ottawa from London and the London Symphony Orchestra and brought with him his experience in orchestral recording. Now again, you can buy new recordings of the NAC Orchestra on CD, but also on major streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music and so on. We have a wonderful partnership with Anna Lekta, and we did two um, releases with Pincus in his uh, his final year. And then we've we've released Life Reflected, we've released Encounters, which was the, um, the dance, uh, NAC dance and NAC music commissions um, that were premiered in 2017 and recorded then with three Canadian um, ballet companies and, and three Canadian choreographers and three Canadian composers. And, uh, and since then, we've been doing a combination of Canadian work and big orchestral showpieces in order to really show off this, this hidden jewel that we've talked about. And that's, that's very important as well, you know, touring for that international profile. But we really, the recordings, if you have a recording, it, it can stretch into places where you, you had no idea. Mark Stevens. So the digital mandate of the NAC recognizes the way people are listening these days outside of the concert hall, not listening to the radio so much, but also the national role that the orchestra plays, which is very special. This has been a theme throughout this podcast and others as well. Paul Wells, from his viewpoint as a national political commentator based in Ottawa, and from his knowledge and commitment to the NAC, is the perfect person to consider this question. Why is it important to have a national orchestra? You know, I, I, I did hear from time to time a little grumbling about the National Arts Centre Orchestra from other institutions. It's got a direct budget pipeline from Parliament. It's... Uh, uh, it's going to be fine institutionally compared to other places that sometimes have to struggle. And um, and I know there are stories of a bit of re- resentment when the, when NACO tours in certain cities where people are like, well, no, look, you know, we're the orchestra, who are you? Uh, it's really striking that on some recent uh, trips out of Ottawa, NACO has collaborated with other orchestras, has... Um, uh, uh, Built up relations. There's a youth choir in uh, St. John's, Newfoundland called Shalloway that uh, uh, came here to sing um, some traditional uh, Newfoundland music and also to join in the choir for uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony on Canada Day 2017. Uh, And Alexander had been out there and the orchestra has gone out there since then. And so there's a there's a youth choir in, in St. John's that is part of the extended family. Um, uh, I, I think that's more than symbolic. There's human relationships there. Um, and I think it um, brings meaning to the notion of a National Arts Centre, which, as everyone knows, has always been a difficult thing to make real. Paul Wells goes on to make the point that it is Alexander Shelley who is leading the charge for the orchestra's national role and committing himself to it in an extraordinary way. Alexander Shelley is busy in Europe. He's uh, busy at home with a wife and small child. And yet um, it's not unusual on his break weeks to look at his Instagram account and say, oh, my God, he's in like he's in Halifax. How did that happen? Or, you know, and um, uh once again, it's this notion of someone who uh, doesn't just get the mandate. He actually thinks the mandate is a good idea. And uh, 
he's an upper crust Brit. He's made most of his career in Germany. Uh, he could be forgiven for viewing this country as one big hick town. And there's, but there's not a bit of it. Um, he finds excuses to travel within Canada, even when that's not in the contract, because he, um, uh, he, he takes the mandate seriously, takes the job seriously. Uh, but even better than that, he gets a kick out of all of this. Paul Wells. So much of the national role of the NAC Orchestra, as you heard in that clip, depends on the particular qualities of music director Alexander Shelley. His hard work, his commitment to the strategic goals of the NAC, and, well, frankly, his immense personal charm. And as you've heard earlier in the podcast, Alexander is completely on side in his commitment to touring in Canada and is an eager supporter of all the digital opportunities that the Hexagon Studio provides. I asked critic Natasha Gauthier to weigh in on the question of whether it's important for Canada to have a national orchestra and a national arts centre. That's a very interesting question in, in the framework of other conversations that are happening socially about, you know, what does nationalism mean and both the negative and the positive connotations around that. I think Canada has always been quite shy about promoting national institutions. I think part of that has to do with our modest but ingrained uh, will to distinguish ourselves from our large nationalist neighbors to the south with their huge institutions, with the Kennedy Center, right, with these big awards that they do and and the the the, the orchestra and the opera in, in DC and the profile that that, that the, those institutions have. Um, but I think there's a place in Canada for an organization like the National Arts Center that brings together that that becomes almost a meeting place for Canadian talent. Natasha Gauthier. The senior administration of the NAC and of the orchestra are not in the least defensive about their special national role, nor should they be. Mark Stevens, the general manager of the orchestra, puts it this way. I think there are, for large orchestras like the NAC orchestra, there's the national role to play, of course, and what that looks like is very interesting as as the nation changes. As I said, we'll be on, on Parliament Hill on Canada Day for the noon show, and we're very proud of that. And just wonderful to have an orchestra on our screens, in our radios. Um, you know, because of many changes in Canada in the last little while, uh, that orchestras have fallen out of visibility. And that's that's also the case in other of uh, the major places for orchestras. And I think that the community work is going to be a growing part of what everybody is doing, including including us, and certainly recording, finding new ways to use the new technologies to connect with people wherever they are, whether it's Nunavut or St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, there are, the technology is, is getting better and faster, and we have to find the ways to, to be where people want to find us. Mark Stevens. Over its 50-year history, the National Arts Centre and its orchestra has had peaks and valleys in its place in Ottawa 
and also in the broad confederation that is this huge country. I've had a relationship with the NAC on and off for about 46 of these 50 years. I saw it at its glorious beginning and then during some of the years of struggles. In the past two decades, and particularly in this fifth decade, we are truly living right in the midst of a golden age of the NAC again. All the forces are working in harmony, from the board, the senior administration, the creative leaders, and all who sail with the NAC. They all understand their mission of the NAC being Canada's stage, of being a truly national artistic institution, and what it takes to make it so, and to make it a value to the whole country. Thanks to my colleagues here in the Hexagon Studio, associate producers Marnie Richardson and Martin Jones. And thanks to all of you for listening. On the next and last podcast, number four, we're going to celebrate the NAC Orchestra's commitment to new Canadian music and some innovative ways it presents this new work. This is not the same old, same old when it comes to the new. And I look forward to you joining me for that. I'm Eric Friesen, and we're going to go out with music by Beethoven, again from the Beethoven Festival in September 2018. Alexander Shelley leads the orchestra in the finale of Beethoven's epic Symphony No. 3 in E-flat major at Beethoven's tempo. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.